0: Please be aware that this episode contains strong language, descriptions of sex, and suicidal thoughts. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. Sound familiar, right? Society has a lot of opinions about how we should live our lives, especially when it comes to marriage and children. Don't have kids before you've figured out your career, but don't wait till you're too old, whatever that means. Don't rush into a relationship with someone you've just met, but if it's been 10 years and they haven't proposed, well, you're probably not the one. Did any of that hit too close to home? How many of us have felt judged or been questioned about whether we're doing our own relationship the right way? And how many of us have put our dreams on hold or run away from our problems because we're just too terrified of the outcome.
1: I have two options. Uh, I take on uh, the name Jose Gonzalez. I move to Mexico. I join the cartel, and I live a lifestyle of angry uh, Mexican gangsterness. Or I take my car and go over the biggest bridge I can find and end it. That's where my head was. My head was, uh, run, whether it be a permanent run forever or a hide in a different country. Uh, That's what my brain told me to do.
0: But the truth is, there is no right way to do life. There's only your way.
2: Is this going to work out between the two of us? What are our families going to think if we don't stay together and... How are we going to tell our families? Are people going to judge us for it?
0: And sometimes you just got to rip up the rule
1: book. I was just sitting there thinking by myself in my room and I was like, man, I can't do this. I I want to be a piece of shit. I want to take the easy way out and I want to just run away from this, but I just can't.
0: I'm Tay Diggs, and from Sony Music Entertainment, this is You Had Me at Hello, the show where everyday people share their extraordinary stories of how they met and fell in love, and sometimes how things later fell apart. Love, its highs and lows, mess and drama, awkwardness and laughs. Come with us as we celebrate it all. In this week's episode, we learned that the fun times of adulthood come with great responsibility and even greater love. This is One Night Stand. Our story starts in 2013 in Jackson, Michigan, which is about an hour car ride west of Detroit. Ryan is 26 years old and working at a tattoo shop.
1: I was a piercer, and uh, at the time, I was working towards becoming a tattoo artist.
0: Like most 26-year-olds, Ryan is trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life.
1: The thing that attracted me the most about working at a, a tattoo and a piercing shop was kind of the the people and the culture that surrounded tattooing and piercing. There's a sense of like. Notoriety, I guess, that comes with it that kind of fluffed my ego, and that was appealing as a, a young man full of testosterone trying to make his way in the world.
0: From the outside looking in, Ryan is doing a pretty good job at curating a cool guy image for himself. He has a big beard and tattoos all over. He rides a motorcycle and goes to heavy metal concerts. But beneath the hard exterior, he's struggling.
1: I had dealt with a loss that um, I couldn't really understand or process very well, and I was too stubborn to get help. Um, So a lot of my friends and family probably would have described me as angry. Uh, They would have described me as unhinged.
0: (laughs) Ryan is grieving the loss of his brother and coming out of a bad breakup.
1: I'm coming out of a... uh, let's call it a three-year, like, on-and-off-again relationship. When things don't work out between him and his ex, Ryan takes it pretty hard. When everything came to a halt, I felt like a failure. Uh, I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. To take his mind off the breakup, Ryan
0: heads to the bowling alley with his buddy. It's one of those rock and bowl kind of places where... You can pay 20 bucks and bowl all day and night.
1: I started drinking and I was bowling and me and my my buddy Chad were talking and I had, just being out of the relationship, I was talking smack. That's what I was doing. I I was talking trash and I told him like, man, I should just call Steph up and have her come hang out.
0: Ryan, several drinks in at this point, wants his friend Chad to invite his girlfriend Ashley, who was out with her friend Steph. Okay, now Ryan isn't dating Steph, far from it, but they had mutual friends and had crossed paths at parties.
1: Probably a dozen or so times um, before I ever said anything to her.
0: A cat may have caught Ryan's tongue,
1: but Steph had definitely caught his eye. She was, covered in tattoos, Uh, she had an opinion that nobody else really had, which was that she just didn't really care too much about what people thought about her, but also into the same things that I was into, the same music, the same tattoos, the same, like, artistry.
0: So when Ryan is bowling with his buddy Chad, a little drunk, feeling sorry for himself, there's only one thing on his mind.
1: In my head, the logical thing to get over a breakup is to get under it. New person.
2: <laughs> My name is Stephanie, and I am from Jackson, Michigan. In
0: 2013, Stephanie is almost 27 years old.
2: I worked at a grocery store, and then on the weekends I would go to a lot of um, local rock shows.
0: While Ryan and Chad are bowling, Stephanie and Chad's girlfriend Ashley are out enjoying some
2: headbanging music. We were actually at, like, a little local bar watching one of our friend's bands play, and she was my ride home, and her boyfriend had called her, who worked at the bowling alley.
0: Ryan, with the help of a little liquid courage, decides to shoot his shot.
2: And she's like, well, I'm just dropping Stephanie off at home, and he's like, well, Ryan wants to hang out with her. Bring her with you.
0: Ryan
1: doesn't have much faith in his game. I'm a big guy, and four or five hours of bowling does not equal a a great-looking me. Um, I had a hat on. uh, I was sweating alcohol out. uh, And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm drunk, I don't care, she's not going to come anyway. But
0: what he doesn't realize is that Steph has also had a few drinks that night and is in the mood to let the good times roll.
1: So I had stopped drinking at that point and uh, just started bowling. And I had kind of forgotten what was going on. And then out of nowhere, I looked behind me and here comes Steph and Ashley walking through the door. If he plays his cards right, maybe Ryan's strike won't be the only thing lucky tonight. We just start talking about bands and we start talking about concerts. And we start talking about, oh, what, if, like, what concerts have you gone to? What's your, who's your favorite band? Who do you want to see? What do you want to do? The evening is going better than Ryan
0: ever expected. And then...
1: I had this hat on. And I'd had it on all night. And the hat was disgusting.
2: I'm not really sure what possessed me to take it.
1: So she took my hat from me and put it on. I, As she was putting it like, up and
2: over, I was like, nope, nope, don't do that. That's not a good idea. Like, it's very gross. Maybe it was like a... A flirtatious thing like I'm gonna steal your hat and I'm gonna wear it and maybe he liked the way it looked on me and it just escalated from there
0: forget about sealed with a kiss how about sealed with a sweaty baseball cap
1: Ugh. I think it's safe to say these two are into each other Ashley had brought her to the bowling alley and then Chad and Ashley left and basically told me like hey you got to take her home and
2: They're like well he's gonna take you home so they just kind of put it off on him. I think they knew what they were doing.
0: By this point, Ryan has been bowling for a good eight hours. He finished his last drink long ago, and he's surprised at how easy it is to talk to Steph in his sober state. Neither one of them want the night to end.
1: We ended up sitting in her, in my car in her driveway until like seven in the morning, just talking.
2: I think we were just trying to get to know each other a little bit better, knowing about like our backgrounds, where we grew up, our families, and what kind of things we like to do.
0: These two are having one of those nights you wish could last forever. But sadly, sometimes life has other plans.
1: She's like, oh my God, I have to be to work in two hours. And that was the end of the conversation.
2: I had to work at 9, so I did not get a whole lot of sleep.
0: Ryan and Steph were up all
1: night without getting lucky. At least not yet. We knew at that point we were both pretty heavily attracted to each other.
2: We did continue to talk for a while, you know, throughout the week, texting each other. Hey, how's it going? What are you doing? How's your day?
0: But Ryan isn't confident when it comes to making the first move. He was a little nervous. And he's struggling to find an opportunity to finish what he and Steph had started.
1: We knew that we weren't going to be able to see each other very quickly from this because both of us had jobs and she was more of a first shifter, I was more of a second shifter. So it was basically uh, when could we hang out again?
0: This back and forth goes on for days until finally an opportunity arises. Steph takes the lead.
1: She's like hey i have a day off and scott and ronnie aren't gonna be here scott and ronnie were steph's roommates at the time we can hang out watch tv do whatever blah, blah blah so the blah 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 of that that sentence really is uh the the point of it is so i i wake up and i'm over there and i i'm working second shift a lot so i i was probably over there around 11 maybe noon <sighs> yeah i think you can tell where this is heading It was a summer day. It was hot.
2: He came over.
1: I get there and she's laying on the couch in in shorts just watching TV. And I'm in like gym shorts and a t-shirt just hanging out. We're we're talking.
0: It definitely feels different than their meeting at the bowling alley. There's no alcohol, no public to distract them. I mean, it's 11 a.m. in the morning. What else are these two here for?
1: I was making smart-ass comments like, Oh man, it's really hot, you should take your pants off. Because I'm a real gentleman. Uh, and then ironically enough, when I said that, she, she did it. Okay, like there's a chance. Like, this isn't off the table. Sounds like it's about to be on the sofa.
0: Maybe even on the floor.
1: And then from there, it obviously escalated into a, a game of uh, take your clothes off chicken. Then we ended up going upstairs into her room.
2: One thing kind of led to another.
1: I don't have a condom. Oh, come on, man. And she said, I don't
0: care. Ryan is a horny 26-year-old who wants to get laid. Steph seems to be in a similar boat. But they're in the heat of the moment with no thought for the consequences.
1: We're talking about a guy who had just gotten out of a relationship and hadn't done anything with anybody for probably like I don't know three or four months. In other words, Ryan is a little excited. So like, I I wasn't uh, shooting with my I wasn't leaving my best foot. I didn't have like a impressive showing.
0: Things happen a little too quickly.
2: And whoops. <laughs>
0: And with that, their morning delight suddenly turns a little sour.
1: I had to get to work, um, and she also needed me to get the hell out because her roommates were coming.
0: Ryan throws his clothes on, they say their goodbyes, and Steph ushers him down the stairs, out of the door, and into the harsh light of day. There's no call me, no same time next week, their one-night stand is over.
1: I didn't expect it to go farther than that. That was where it ended. It was me like, I'm going to get out of my funk.
0: Ryan tells himself that Steph is just a rebound because, truthfully, he thinks she won't want to see him again.
1: It was a confidence issue. You know, I had just split up with another another person. I didn't think it was going to ever amount to anything, and... Uh, when you have a situation like that happen with, with anyone, it's super awkward to begin with. How do you talk about it? Uh, like, Hey, like, Oh, we just hooked up and you know, I lasted 10 minutes and you were not satisfied. Great. I'm going to call you back, dude. Even though Ryan secretly hopes to hook up with Steph again,
0: he's just too embarrassed to try.
1: I probably wrote and constructed 10 text messages to send her. And didn't follow through with any of them. Like, I didn't send a single one. So it wasn't necessarily that I didn't want to talk to her. It was just, I I had no idea what the right thing to say in that point was. But lucky for Ryan, Steph isn't completely turned off by his
0: less than stellar
1: performance in the bedroom. When she finally texted me like, hey.
2: What are you doing? Do you want to hang out?
1: Uh, I jumped at it.
0: Over the next few weeks, Ryan and Steph hang out a few more times. Sometimes with friends, sometimes not. They're getting to know each other better, but Ryan hasn't had a chance to um,
1: redeem himself yet. And then she was like, hey, do you wanna come hang out with my brothers?
2: He goes, yeah, I'll I'll come and hang out for a little bit.
1: At this point, we had had started talking more um, and she wanted me to meet the family.
0: Ryan thinks this is a little odd. They haven't known each other for very long. They'd hooked up once and been on a few dates, but now he's meeting
1: her family. We have dinner, and I was kind of like in a place of, like, I don't know, like, what, what am I doing here? Ryan, Steph, her mom, and brother sit down
0: to eat. It's the first time they're meeting Ryan. And though Ryan is puzzled, the evening is pleasant enough.
1: I'm like, all right, it's, you know, it's nine o'clock. I got to work tomorrow. Um, I'm going to take off.
2: So he was leaving, and we were outside right by his car. So I'm like twiddling with my thumbs, like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing this weekend?
0: They chat for a few minutes, but it's pretty clear Ryan wants to head home. The evening is over.
1: As I'm about to open the car door, she's like, hey, Ryan, like, hold on a second. She gave me a hug. And I gave her a hug, and she was, she then took a step back.
2: We just didn't say anything, and I was like, um, so. <laughs> I
1: have to tell you something, and I said, "Uh oh, that never ends well." Um, like jokingly, thinking she was gonna tell me, you know, like I don't like you, don't come anywhere near me again. And I was gonna be like, "All right, fair." Uh, no, that's when she was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant." <laughs> Oh boy. Or girl.
2: I said, Shark Week did not happen. <laughs> Those were my exact words.
0: Well, that's one way of putting it. Seth tells Ryan she missed her period. She's taken three pregnancy tests, and they're all positive,
1: so. I wasn't with anyone else, so it's it's yours. Mm-hmm. Ryan
0: stares blankly at Steph, but her words are coming out thick and fast. She tells him she's Catholic and that she wants to keep the baby.
1: The takeaway is she was going to be pregnant and remain pregnant. It was no matter a, is she going to have a baby? It was, am I going to be a part of uh, the baby's life? And that's after the break.
0: Okay, so let's step back to before Steph broke the news to Ryan that Shark Week didn't happen. While Ryan is drafting and redrafting text messages to send to Steph in the hopes of meeting up again, she's facing a different problem.
2: I think it was when I realized, um, my period hasn't started yet, and it's a few days late.
0: Steph heads to the drugstore to pick up a few pregnancy tests. Better safe than sorry, right?
2: I think our one of our friends... The guy, his name's Scott, he was at home at the time, I think with a couple other people.
0: Steph doesn't have the privacy she needs for this kind of thing.
2: How am I going to take this test in the bathroom where everybody's kind of like, you know, a couple yards away and hide it? So I'd, I did it a little sneakily, did it in the bathroom and then kind of hid it probably like under my shirt and went into my room and, and finished it there to see what the results were.
0: And, well, we all know what the outcome is. A big red plus stares back at Steph.
2: I'm kind of excited because I've always wanted a family, but it was like this, our situation is a little different.
0: Steph grew up in a Catholic household, and she thought about what she might do or how she might feel when faced with this situation. Despite the circumstances of her relationship with Ryan, she knows she wants to become a mother.
2: Is this going to work out between the two of us? Or are we going to have to co-parent what our families going to think if we don't stay together? And how are we going to tell our families, like, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy over here I've been dating for a minute. Yep, we're going to have a kid.
0: Steph imagines all sorts of scenarios in her head. Maybe she and Ryan could actually become a proper couple and start a family. Maybe they co-parent. Or maybe she does this alone.
2: I probably figured I could do it. My parents got divorced when I was probably about 11 or 12. And I have an older brother and a younger sister. So my mom was a single parent working two jobs with three kids. So I figured if I were going to be a single parent, if my mom could do it with three kids, I can do it with one.
0: And now let's fast forward to Steph giving Ryan the news. At first, he wasn't sure why he'd been invited
1: to her brother's house. I didn't understand why any of this was happening, and I never pieced it together.
0: But standing in Steph's brother's driveway, it dawns on him. And reality slaps Ryan across the face hard.
1: She was telling them as well. That's what was going on. She was telling her mom that she was pregnant. And she was telling her her brother that she was pregnant, too. The key takeaway from there is that she was also telling me.
0: The penny has well and truly dropped. Steph is pregnant. She's keeping the baby. And she wants to tell her family the news, but not before they'd had the chance to meet the prospective father. But was Ryan ready to be a father?
2: I told him and he just kind of stood there for a minute. And I'm just like, hmm, can you say anything?
1: Everything stopped. Like my brain just went blank. Um, And I remember sitting there trying to process it, like be an adult, Ryan, be an adult.
2: I'm just kind of sitting there looking at him like I'm waiting for, are you gonna throw your fist up in the air and be like, damn it.
1: In my head, I just couldn't do it. I was just like, nope, there's no adult left. Like, we gotta bail. The only thing we can do is just hit the evacuation button and and just get out of this situation because nothing good happens here.
0: He blinks repeatedly. His hand grips the side of the car. All he manages is an okay. That's it. His response is basically nothing.
1: After staring blankly for probably a solid 10 to 15 seconds, I got into my car. I started it. I reversed out of her brother's driveway and I left.
2: I, I think I was a little shocked. I was like, okay, now what do I say? So do I say anything? But he just kind of wanted to get in his car and leave. So I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, it's a a lot to process. It's a life-changing thing. So maybe I'll just let him go.
0: Seth had gone over this scenario a dozen times in her head. She thought Ryan might be angry, get excited, or cry, but nothing? She doesn't know where to go from here.
2: I don't know how to take that. Is it an okay, like, we'll figure it out, or okay... Give me some space. So I just let him go and waited for a phone call or a text or something saying this thing, this way or the other way.
0: But that phone call or text, it doesn't come. I drove for hours and then I came home,
1: parked the car and went to bed.
0: You know, the morning after receiving some shocking news, there's that split second where you forget what's happened, where everything feels normal. Well, when Ryan wakes up the following day, he's having that kind of
1: a morning. The next day was kind of a blur for me. Uh, I, I thought it wasn't real. I thought she was
0: fucking with me. Ryan is in a state of shock. He's experiencing a serious glitch in the matrix and needs to figure out what to do.
1: So my roommate at the time, who again, is still my best friend, I I talked to him, his name's Drew. I tell him like, hey man, uh, I think I fucked up. He's like, what's new? And I was like, all right, that's rude, uh, but fair, fair assessment. So, uh, I then tell him like, Hey, I, I met this girl and, uh, we ended up hooking up and she's pregnant, dude. We hooked up once and she's pregnant. Drew also a 26 year old guy
0: responds pretty much the way you might expect.
1: Oh shit. How, why, what, what's going on here? Are you staying? Are you going? Are you, are you like, are you gonna date her? What, what's your plan? I was like, dude, I have no fucking idea. I wake up every morning and like, what am I gonna eat for breakfast? I don't know, whatever was left over in the fridge. I don't have a plan on how to support a child or a, another human. And then Drew says something
0: so ridiculous, it's almost funny. You
1: should probably just go to Mexico, like, change your name and go to Mexico.
0: Yeah, you heard that right, people. Ryan's best friend, his confidant, is telling him to run away to Mexico to escape the responsibilities of parenthood.
1: He said this sarcastically, and I was like, dude, you're probably fucking right. I took four years of Spanish. I could fit in. I'm not great at Spanish right now, but it wouldn't take me that long. I could assimilate. I've got, you know, Native American in my blood. I'll get real tan. I could, I could fit, I could fit in down there. Drew instantly regrets his advice. And he's like, dude, you're, you're funny. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I could do this. And he's like, what? No, stop. But it's too late. That's when I decided to go into my room, get on my computer that I had, and order a one-way ticket to uh, Monterey, Mexico. Dios mio.
2: More on that after the break.
0: It's been 48 hours since Steph told Ryan she's pregnant with his child. 48 hours and she hasn't heard anything from him. Not a single word. Steph doesn't know that Ryan is already packing his bags. His one-way flight to Mexico leaves in less than five days.
1: It was like $193 and it was everything I had to buy it. And then I sat and I I packed my bags, underwear, t-shirts and shorts. Cause like God knows I don't need my pants that I wear in Michigan, in Mexico.
0: Uh, If it was up to him, Ryan would pack his bags, sit in his room until his flight leaves, say a brief goodbye to his family and friends and never look back. He is seriously prepared to drop everything he's ever known leave the country, and even more importantly, leave Steph without a response. But having spent every penny he has on his ticket, money is one problem he can't ignore.
1: I was still going to work because I, uh, I had spent all my money that I had on a ticket to Mexico.
0: When Ryan arrives at the tattoo shop for a shift, His friend Seth, another tattoo artist, is there as well. I kind of
1: idolized Seth. He was older than me. Um, He had a full-time job as an engineer, and he was doing tattooing after work. Seth is everything Ryan aspires to be. Seth has his shit together. He's doing really well for himself. He owns a house. Like, this guy knows what
0: life is. So when Ryan decides to tell Seth about his situation,
1: his opinion matters. You know, this girl I hooked up with like last like a couple weeks ago, she uh, she's pregnant. He's like, "Oh man, that's that's crazy." Like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna run for sure. Like, I'm out of here." Seth isn't impressed. Wow, you're a dumbass. What are you doing? You're gonna be cool with that for the rest of your life? That's what you want to be, that's how that's how you want to be remembered. Ryan is taken aback. Seth is giving it to him real talk. You're a smart guy, like you want to be an engineer, and now you're okay, you got you got a girl pregnant, but like you're just gonna run away. That's just not in your character to do that. This isn't who you are. You need to just. Buckle down and you need to figure it out and and come out of this a better person than you once were.
0: For the first time, Ryan is actually considering the long term consequences of his actions.
1: A couple days later, I had, I had time to process and I was just sitting there thinking by myself in my room and I was like, man, I can't do this. Like, I want to be a piece of shit. I want to take the easy way out and I want to just run away from this, but I just can't. I can't be like the people that I've spent so much of my time telling them, oh, you're a piece of shit for leaving your kid. You're a piece of shit for, for not being there for something you helped create. At 26 years old, Ryan is learning one of life's most
0: important, unglamorous, brutal lessons, how to be an adult.
1: If I'm going to make the the decisions to have unprotected sex, I guess I need to deal with the consequences.
0: Ryan's boarding pass arrives in his inbox. His flight is now ready for seat selection, but his passenger seat will remain empty because Ryan has started a different kind of journey. He knows what he wants, and that's Steph. And he thinks he's ready to want their baby too. But does Steph want him?
1: I didn't know at that time like if Steph would even want to still be with me or be anywhere near me. I, In my head, I had left her at the altar, essentially. She told me she was pregnant, and I just bailed. And I hadn't said anything to her. I hadn't acknowledged her or anything like that. Yeah,
0: let's just say Ryan behaved like an asshole. But he's willing to change, and he wants to set things right.
2: He did text me and say, we need we need to have a conversation. <laughs> we need to figure out what we're doing.
1: I pretty much told her, like, I I know you want to have the baby. I'm like, I'm not sure that's the right choice for me, but... It's not my choice, it's your choice, so.
2: He goes, I get it. I'm not ready to be a dad, but I can't do the alternative. So we're just gonna have to figure this out.
0: Ryan takes a leap into the unknown. He offers an olive
1: branch to Steph, and he's hoping she'll accept it. I wanna be there to help you through whatever part of this process you're in. Like at this point, I'm not sure you even want to speak to me anymore, but um, I, I don't wanna to leave you high and dry. Steph
0: is very understanding. She doesn't hold any resentment towards Ryan for his silence. She's just relieved she doesn't have to face this alone.
2: It was definitely weight off of my shoulders to hear him say, we're going to figure this out. I'm like, thank God. I don't have to do this by myself. I don't have to tell everybody by myself. And they're wondering, where is he?
0: Okay. So Ryan and Steph are both committed to being parents. That's great news for them and their unborn child. But this podcast isn't called You Had Me Yet, We Having a Baby. This is about romantic love. So do they want to be a couple? Will this hookup evolve into a fully developed relationship?
1: So we went back to the, the original scene of the crime.
0: After exchanging texts, Steph and Ryan agreed to meet up at her place to discuss their next move.
1: I was terrified. But at this point, I had reflected upon our time together and like what we were doing. And I knew that I really, um, I, I wanted to at least give it an honest chance if she was willing to let me try. They sit down on the couch together
0: and Ryan starts the best way he knows how, with an apology.
1: I'm sorry for how I reacted. I'm sorry for how things went. Um, I'm I'm here, uh, I'm ready to talk. If you're ready to talk, just tell me what you need from me.
0: He tells her he wants to try and make things work between them. But after his behavior, Ryan is nervous that Steph might not feel the same way.
2: I was excited to hear him say that and a little nervous because obviously we still didn't know a lot about each other.
0: It's not a grand proposal, but Steph and Ryan agreed to give their relationship a try. Sure, there was an undeniable attraction and connection between them, but now the real test begins. Can they commit to each other, not just as co-parents, but as life partners? Could their initial spark transform into an eternal flame? The answer, they hope, will reveal itself in less than nine months.
1: It took a long time for us to to really iron out and get to the place that a lot of people start at
2: over the course of the nine months before she got here we made made it a point to start being more of a couple rather than oh, we're gonna be parents well we gotta get we gotta be us first before she gets here.
1: It started off with we we hung out a little bit here and there to we hung out a lot more to she was at my house a lot to her mom moved down from a different area to we moved in with her mom. And, and at that point, it became really serious between us.
0: Over the next few months, Steph and Ryan learn everything about each other in double time. They go on their first dinner date and discuss things like, so what do you think your parenting style would be like? They go to the mall not to buy gifts for each other but baby clothes. They're moving fast, but are full of excitement. Not only are they about to become parents, but as each day passes, they realize they're doing this with someone they actually really care about. And as much as they want to savor these precious moments, the first ultrasound, the first kick, time stands still for no one, especially not a baby that's ready to come out.
1: I remember her telling me that she was having really bad contractions. I was like, okay, let's go to the ER and let's figure this out. We get to the hospital.
2: I was induced with her, so she was two days before her due date, and I had no idea what being induced really meant. The doctor broke my water, which was scary.
1: I was terrified to become a dad. I was terrified to become a husband. I was terrified like I had been working on myself and trying to be a better person for this day, and all of a sudden the day was here. And it was like it was real.
2: I had my mom in the room, too, as more of a comfort because both of us being new parents were like, what do we do? He had one leg and my mom had the other and I was holding on the railing while I was pushing.
1: Me and her mom are are in the room watching everything happen and uh, everybody tells you, you know, like, oh, it's it's the worst thing don't watch you'll never see your wife like you'll never look at her again and i, don't know, I watched the whole thing and i don't know what the hell they're talking about that that shit is magical women women are like not just steph but steph particularly for me uh are so strong ryan is feeling all sorts
0: of emotions he's in awe of steph and he knows this is a moment that will bond them forever but he's also panicking this couple will soon be three, and he's not sure if he's ready for that or will ever be ready. Steph is feeling all sorts of things too, pain mostly, but with Ryan by her side, she feels strong and determined.
2: I don't know if I can do this anymore. I can't push anymore. And they're like, nope, just, just keep going. He just kept, him and my mom just kept telling me, keep going, keep going. We're almost there. She's almost here. I can see a little bit of her head. So just having him next to me, motivating me, like, you can do this, you're strong, you can do it.
0: Steph digs deep, mustering every ounce of strength she has left. Her eyes are shut tight. She's straining to push her baby out. Ryan squeezes her hand, holds her leg. He tries to catch a glimpse of his child entering into the world while keeping close watch over Steph, and then,
2: As soon as they said she was here, I instantly opened my eyes, and there she was.
1: I was just crying. Um, It was overwhelming. I'm like, I'm tearing up just talking about it right now.
2: My mom left the room shortly after she was born. That way we could just have the time, just the two of us with her first, for about a good hour or so before we let anybody else come in the room.
0: Few moments in life rival this one. Watching the birth of your firstborn, gazing into a tiny face that mirrors your own or your partner's, this is one of life's most cherished gifts. A messy, intimate experience that binds a couple in the profound journey of parenthood.
1: The The idea that me and Steph could be together even for one night, and then turn around and make this beautiful little human.
2: He looked at her and he goes, It's so crazy to fall in love with somebody the second you see them.
1: It was at that moment that I realized nothing else really mattered. Steph and Ryan bask in the glow of
0: new parenthood. Their little bundle of joy, baby Charlie, arrived happy and healthy. It was love at first sight. But what about mom and
1: dad? Are they falling in love too? Steph and I's relationship had advanced so fast because of the situation that I felt like I I had known her and we had been dating for years.
2: You've got to be friends with somebody before you fall in love with them. And I think she was more of like a blessing in disguise. She kind of forced us to get to know each other a little bit better a lot faster than it would take for somebody else. So it was like, okay, he's going to be the father of this kid, but I also want us to take our relationship farther.
0: And that father, that meant a house,
1: another baby, and a love that grows deeper every day. Everything that Steph did, every interaction she had with her nieces and nephews, every interaction she had with her family was just so caring. She cares about humans, and that's why... I think I've, I fell for her so hard, even in the middle of a tough situation, was because the person that I saw, even just the little glimpses of who she was, um, was worth fighting for.
2: I trust him with my entire life. I've told him numerous times, when we're hugging, that is the best place in the world. As sappy as it sounds and cliche as it sounds, just being in his arms, it feels like just all the weight of the world is gone.
0: At the start of this story, we met Orion who was lost. He was a young man struggling with grief and heartbreak. He had his guard up, ready to self-destruct because he knew no other way to deal with life. I
1: was angry and I was depressed. Um, and then I met Steph and then this, this whole situation happened and I was still angry but I also had purpose.
0: And part of that purpose was to make sure he accepted the full responsibilities of adulthood and avoided turning into the kind of man who'd abandon his family. Instead, he abandoned his flight to Mexico and started his career as an engineer. He became someone Steph could be proud of, a brilliant father to two young girls and a strong, compassionate,
1: and caring partner. There is no easy one, two, three step to being a good husband or being a good father or being a good partner in any relationship. Here, me and Steph are, who did it backwards. We had a kid before we really were together, um, and, like, we're still madly in love with each other.
2: I would say take the risk. You never know. It might work out for five years, and then you just decide it wasn't for us. I mean, it's definitely scary for everybody, but sometimes you gotta leap.
0: Throughout this series, we've discovered that each person's love story is different. That's what makes it special. The how of it all doesn't really matter. There's no right way to fall in love. There's only your way. I'm Tay Diggs, and this has been You Had Me at Hello. If you have an incredible love story, please reach out to us at, love at SonyMusic.com. We would love to hear it. You Had Me at Hello is a Sony Music Entertainment production. It's hosted by me, Tay Diggs. This episode was produced by Martha Miller. The series producer is Martha Miller. The production coordinators are E.K. Egbatolo and Lily Hamley. Kat Moran is the production manager. It was written by Nicole Perkins and the production team. Elsie Onamik composed the original music. Scoring and sound design by Tom Drew. Isis Thompson, Louisa Field, and Tate Diggs are the executive producers. Special thanks to Jez Nelson, Chris Skinner, Julia Stevenson, and Kieran Lancini.